welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And once again, we are here gathered with the Spirit Seeker Radio Show that happens each and every Tuesday evening. We have been doing this show in this platform for over three years, and Spirit Seeker Magazine has been uh, published online for 15 years and has been in print in the Midwest for 17 years. So each and every month, we bring articles from the front run, front run uh, running people, I said it backwards, the people on the front lines doing the work, making the world a better place, working with the mind body and spirit and we have um the magazine has brought together 27 holistic conferences in st louis in those uh 17 years and we are hosting our 28th conference on sunday april the 6th and we will have more information for you as time evolves the uh december issue is online i love the cover it is one of the most fun covers we've done in all those years it's called the cool cracker and it's a nutcracker that just makes you laugh and warms your heart. We have some great, great articles. There's a holiday gift guide. Um, we also have uh, a few DVD reviews. We have some of the work that is being done with the Wild Divine Online, which is where it's teaching kids and adults alike how to work with their own biorhythms that go to the next level. They have to get their pulse to a certain rate. And all of the money that comes from this project is benefiting different uh, organizations, uh, Amnesty International, National, all kinds of different wonderful um, organizations helping make the world a better place. It seems, you know, to be the theme of what we've done, you know, for all these years. So there's a great article on breathing techniques. There's a movie, uh, Walk In by Scott Bloom, and I will be interviewing him next week, who is the person who has brought us the Daily Om, the Daily Om horoscopes, the Daily Om meditation, the Daily Om music, etc. And this is his most recent DVD. We also have an article written by the guest that I am just about ready to bring on. Her name is Pam Osley, and she has written an article that harried holidays. Find out your colors, your aura colors, and then signs of stress and ways to shift that. So some tips to be happy working with your aura and your aura colors. So Pam Osley is a very gifted psychic. She is a uh, teacher and very aware of quantum uh, physics, spirituality, consciousness, and she works with people all over the world with her natural abilities, and she hosts the radio show. She's written three books, and without further ado, Pam, welcome to the show. Cindy, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so you're a busy lady. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How did that happen? Oh, I don't know. So let's let's just hear how did this happen because, you know, each person has their way, their own individual way when spirit kind of knocks and says, excuse me, you have some special gifts and we want you to use them. So <laughs> what, how did this happen for Pam Mosley? Those pesky spirits, those pesky spirits. <laughs> well, uh, yes. you know what, Cindy, um, my background, I, I was working with, you know, kids with problems, autistic kids, learning disabled kids, and then I went over into the rock and roll, yeah, let me see if I can talk today, rock and roll world and started working with musicians and promoting rock concerts and doing that. And then I went and then I was running a theater, a legitimate theater, so, you know, with plays and, and you know, performances. And I went one night to hear a shaman speak, a British shaman, Reverend Michael Bromley. And I went with a bunch of people, and there's a big room full of people, and I walked in to hear him speak. And he goes, you, up here, you know how to do this work, too. And I went, excuse me, what? <laughs> so <clears throat> basically he threw me in the water, um, and he said, you get up here, and I want you to start telling people what you see about them, what you sense. I wasn't seeing auras at that point. And I was actually surprised to see, <clears throat> excuse me, I was getting very detailed information about people. I knew a woman was pregnant. She didn't even know she was pregnant. Uh, she went to the doctor and did find out she was pregnant, and she had the little girl that I saw her with. And um, I knew a woman was struggling with an old green car because I kept getting this image of this green car and found out that was the case. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So he had me doing readings that night, which was amazing. You know, it's just like it was kind of scary, but I just went for it. And he said, "Well, you've been asking to go the next level. This is it." <laughs> so <laughs> well, I did that for a while. But, yeah, I did that for about a year, and then I met a woman, Dr. Barbara Bowers, who could see auras, and she thought everybody could. It wasn't until she was in her 40s or 50s that she realized no one else was seeing it. 
And I would do workshops with her. I'd bring her up to Santa Barbara, which is where I live, and I would watch her describe what she was seeing about people. You know, this is a yellow, and i go, oh, that fit with what I was picking up psychically about people. So I went, oh, that's a blue, that's a great, okay, I get it, I get it. So within about a year of meeting her, I developed the ability to, first of all, sense the oracles and then eventually be able to see them also. So that's how I got started, but, you know, I'm one of those people that I like to push the boundaries and see what we're really capable of doing. So that's what I keep doing. Well, you know how it is. When the student is ready, the teacher appears, and when the the teacher is ready to be the teacher, the opportunities show up, you know. It's just right. the way it works. <laughs> but are you familiar, by chance, with um, uh, Dr. Nancy Tappy? Yeah, uh-huh. Nancy Tappy and I see the same aura colors and Barbara Bowers yeah. and, uh-huh, yeah. you know Nancy? Well, you know, years ago, uh, my friend Beatrix Quintana um, brought, somehow suggested that I work with her and she came to St. Louis. I didn't bring her, um, but I, I booked a number of sessions for her. And um, that was my first time really working with someone who you could actually bring your family photos or loved ones. And, you know, just by virtue of they would look at the photo or she would look at the photo and, um, and just be able to tell you everything. And I was pregnant at the time and she told me, you know, a lot about the incoming child. Plus she also, um, she told me I was a blue green. I was doing two lifetimes in one that I had reached a state of being a purple but then somehow she didn't exactly say misused the powers but somehow I, I that's the feeling wow. I had. and so when she said when you came back you said well if I have to go back I'm going to do two lifetimes in one and she said that's why things have been a bit challenging so I don't you know I don't know a lot of what she said um you know felt very accurate uh-huh. And um, But I find it fascinating. So let's just talk about, you know, in case someone's saying, what are they talking about? Let's talk about, you know, what the aura is and what the colors, you know, what, you know you're the expert in this. So with, well, what, what it, does it mean to an average person? I mean, and, and we can talk about, you know, uh, the first time I had an aura photo was in, I don't know, the early 90s in Paris, France. And, you know, and then, of course, then it became very um, popular in the U.S. But um, we can talk about Carillion photography if you want, whatever, how we're at, whatever you want to go, let's just go and let, let them understand what it is we're talking about. Okay. Well, first of all, the aura is basically an energy field. Some physicists are calling it an electromagnetic field. Some are calling it the morphic field. Some biologists are calling it a bio field. So they are measuring it. They are studying it. And, and basically it's energy that radiates off of you. And I explain to people that even if people can't see auras, We've all felt them. That's why I'm sure you've had the experience of meeting somebody for the first time and some people you feel really comfortable with right away and you don't mind standing close to them and other people you just want to pull away from them, you don't feel comfortable around them. You're feeling their energy. That's their energy field. So the way I see it now, Cindy, a lot of people see the aura differently and and I'm glad you brought up the, the Carillion photography because it's a little bit different system they measure, what they do with the photography is they have you place your hand on a metal plate and they measure the energy that's around your hand and then they superimpose that on a picture, you know, on your, around your head. Um, but they pick up the emotional energy of you at that day. So you could go back a week later, a day later, and that could be completely different. So those camera operators should explain to you they're picking up your emotional energy. What I see and what Nancy Tapp saw, what Barbara Bauer saw, there's a few others. We all see the same colors. We see what's called the life colors. And the way I experience it, same with all the others, is I see different colored bands out from you. They're like in layers. And the one or two colors of bands that are around you, the closest to your body, are the two colors, one or two colors that reveal your personality, your life purpose, the theme that you've chosen for this lifetime, the careers that are going to make you the happiest, how you are with relationships, what you need in relationships, who you're going to be compatible, most compatible with, um, potential health issues, how you see and, and handle money. Everything is revealed in those two colors. There's outer bands in your aura. Those, those are other layers outside of that. Those colors change all the time according to what's going on with you at the time. So those can be more of the emotional frequency. So, for example, if somebody's really angry, a lot of red will start showing up in their outer bands. But that doesn't stay. That's just an emotional energy. That's different than a, than a red life color personality. So 
did I, was that clear? They're just different layers. Yeah, they they look absolutely. like a rainbow. And and to me, they look like a, it's like a beautiful glowing colored light. It's very soft for me. It's kind of like a glow off of a light uh, a light bulb, just a real soft one. So there's no hard edges or anything. They kind of blend together. But and then the different colors mean something about you, and even the combinations mean something about you. So that's basically what an aura is. It's an energy field that radiates off of everything. Well, and it, and it just makes sense when you think about it. Um, you know, I was a nurse before um, before I started doing the intuitive work that I do, and I would know when someone was not feeling well. You know, even as a child, I would just know. You know I mean, we can see it with animals especially, like animals when they don't feel well, they just get their droopy eyes and just, you know. But people are the same way. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think that, you know, when someone's healthy and vibrant, you can see that in their energy field. Right. Well, you you do have blue in your aura, Cindy. I, I'm going to have to tune into you too and see what colors I pick up around you. But I definitely pick up the blue. I have blue too. So, just to give people a basic understanding, so if we talk about the colors, they have a general understanding what they mean. I categorize the colors into three different families. There are the physical colors, and those are the people that get what's real in life by their through their physical bodies through touch. So those are reds, orange, yellow, and magenta. And we can, whatever colors you want to ask about, I can describe just briefly what those different colors mean. And then there are the mental colors. Those are the people that get what's real by analyzing it. They need logic. They need data. They need information. Those are four different kinds of tans. Yes, there are tans. <laughs> and greens. Those are the ones that want information, logic. They come more from their minds. And then there are the spiritual, emotional colors, and those are the people that process life more through their intuition, their inner, their inner eye, their, you know, more of a psychic type of ability. And those are blues, violets, indigos, crystals, and lavenders. So you can see there's 14 different aura colors and different personalities, and most people have two colors. I've run into people that just have one, but the majority of people have two so is that their life purpose color, one of them, and then the other is where they are at this point? Or, or? No, they're both, they're both life colors. They're both life colors. Well, let me, let me see what colors I pick up around you really quickly, okay? okay? Cindy, what color? And the way I do it is I get a visual of you. I mean, I'm okay. tuning into your energy anyway, kind of like a radio dial. What color hair and eyes do you have? Well, it's between um, my eyes are brown, or brown and hazel, depending on what color my hair is, and my hair mm-hmm. changes um, between an auburn and um, brown. An auburn, okay. And is your natural color brown? Because I kept picking up brown hair or brown. Oh, yeah, my natural's you. brown. My natural's brown. <laughs> okay. I just highlight right. it. <laughs> well, I can see that blue and green, but I'm picking up violet in your aura too, Cindy, and that'll... That can, what it does for you is it creates a little bit of inner conflict. So let me just use you as an example. Hold on. Sorry, I had a little frog in my throat. Um, so for your blue, blues come straight from the heart. We're just, it's all about helping people, love, spirituality. Blues are all about being in service. Now wait till I get to that green and violet, okay? But blues, we're, blues are actually one of the most psychic of all the oracles. We just sense things. We don't know why we sense We just know it. But blues are all about people. So typically I see blues getting into teaching, counseling, or nursing, okay? Mm-hmm. They want yeah. to help people. And we blues, and you do have this blue, Cindy. We blues are the most emotional people on the planet. We watch those commercials and cry. Okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a blue. But you've got two of the stronger colors, too. So greens and violets are like, no, 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 I'm not going to cry with that. And blues are like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so blues are just givers, 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 givers. And, by the way, Cindy, wait till I get to the green and violet. Blues, it's never about money, not the blue. The greens and violets need money. But blues, it's all about coming from the heart. So it's like, eh, it's not about money. And blues also, by the way, want relationships. Blues want to be in loving, monogamous, committed, bonded relationships. And then it's all about spirituality. Every blue when they were little knew that there was a higher power. God, source, higher power, whatever you want to call it, that's a blue, very spiritual, okay? Now, you do have a little bit of green, but I'm picking up more of the conflict now is with your violet. So we'll get to that. But you're not, your green is not, well, anyway, green's, you do do this. Greens analyze more. They're more in their heads. They try to figure things out. They want to keep everything organized and efficient. Greens will write lists. 
right? And then oh, yeah. try to figure out how to get that done, right? So greens are all about, well, you know, I need to make this a business and I need to do something that can make money and I need to be more practical. So you understand that green side of you, right? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, well, and, and you've used it, but you, the green's not getting you anywhere anymore. So the green, in all honesty, is kind of holding you back um, because <clears throat> the green has to think about things too much. And then you'll just, and it, you get things done, but you're not getting done everything you want to get done. So you've got violet now really, really fluctuating with you, and violets want to reach the masses. They're the visionaries, they're the leaders and teachers, and they are here to improve the quality of life for people, to get people to wake up, to educate the masses, to improve the quality of life. Excuse me. So I see violets either getting involved in the media, they're, they're in broadcasting or writers. <laughs> Hello, Cindy, writers. Okay, don't talk, don't talk yourself out of that or struggle with it or go, I'm still not getting very far. So... Um, Violets want to reach the masses, so media, radio, television, performing, music, writing, you know, um, film, photography, anything that uses the media to get messages out to the masses. Or, and you have this one too, Cindy, they get into teaching or psychology, okay, and you're kind of teaching people when you're on the air, right? Or they get into, and you have this one too, they get into causes, all right, um, or they get into, not not this one as much because blues don't like the next one, Violets also get involved in politics and law. Okay, yeah. but blues don't like politics and law. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just Violet want everyone wanted... to just be in integrity and be, you know, you just expect that from people. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't always match. Yeah. That's right. So violets, here's the, here's the conflict, Cindy. Violets are visionaries. Blues come from the heart. Greens come from their minds. Violets come from the third eye. They're visionaries. They see things. They get a sense that there's something bigger that you're, they're supposed to do. Like, I need to reach the masses. I need to, you know, do these causes. I need to do these big groups. I need to reach, you know, big groups of people. I need to go in and volunteer on a big scale, you know, help the planet or help the community. But violets, their, their visions are so big, you violets don't always know how to get there because violets get accused of being unrealistic dreamers. Because the things they want to do, you guys don't always know how to get there, huh, Cindy? Yes. <laughs> you have all these ideas, and, you're, you know, you're at least doing radio, but I swear I can still pick up with you. Typical Violet. Violets get really restless. No matter what they're doing, they still feel like there's something more they're supposed to be doing. Well, right? and I'm also a five-timing cycle, and I get bored easily. So, <laughs> yes, a Violet. You know, mm-hmm. Right. I know. You know, I'm yep. always and, – and I was working on my MBA when I got – you know, swayed to like a whole new path, and it was, it was starting publishing. I, I, you know, I, that's when I started publishing. Is you know, here I am working on MBA, thinking I was going to start my own not for profit to help women and children. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I am doing breath work. And the next thing you know, I am. I did a year in counseling and a year in social work at master's level, and then walked away and started my business. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing about violets. Violets have to work for themselves. They really don't like working for other people unless they're part of a team that really has a big vision because violets get frustrated with how short-sighted people are. It's like, come on, you guys, you need to do this better. There's bigger ideas. There's bigger projects. And if they're working for somebody that's like, nope, these are the rules. This is how we're always doing it, then you guys get you're frustrated. So that's a very accurate reading, Miss Pam Osley. <laughs> that was like right on, right on. Good. In every well, aspect. Oh, thank you. Let me give you a little tool because you've got some violets listening to your show, I'm sure. This is a violet age right now, Miss Cindy. And so you violets are feeling pushed right now or like, come on, I know I'm supposed to be doing this bigger things, these bigger things. And so what violets have to do, because violets when they're in power, meaning the positive side of you violets, is if you get a vision, you just need to write it down and then start taking the steps in that way. Because you violets are great advice givers. You just got to listen to your own advice. Violets are great, you know, if people come to a violet, violets go, okay, this is what you need to do, all right, da-da-da-da-da, let's look at this, let's get you focused. But then when violets are out of power, they get really scattered, and there's like 20 things they want to do, or they don't know which way to go next, and you go back and forth between those things sometimes, Cindy, okay? But when you're in power, which you also do, then violets get really focused. That's a key word for violets is focus. Focus on what you're doing, focus on making that project awesome and how many people you're going to affect because that's what will make a, a blue and a violet go for it. Is they, if they know it's going to help a lot of other people, they'll go for it. What stops a blue and a violet 
asked is if they go, well, who do you think you are? That's arrogant. You know, people are going to, what are you doing? Blah, blah. And you can stop yourself by being afraid that it's either too big or it's not practical or you're going to let people down or people are going to judge and criticize you. So violets can get just scattered. So the key word is focus. You get a vision. Even if you do a vision board or write things down, um, you're, you're actually pretty good, Cindy. When you, get, when you get an idea and you get something going, you start working on it. And then I swear that next layer hits and the violet's like, okay, now what? Where am I going next? Now what? Right. <laughs> so I always tell violets, imagine that you're a therapist for somebody else or a, a life coach for somebody else, and they came in with the same issue. What would you advise them? If it was your job to help them accomplish that dream and vision, what would you tell them to do? And then you guys figure out a way to do it. You know, it's just so funny because the the analytical, crystal clear seeing part of what you're describing and then the intuition of trusting, you know. So, so I'm going to just, you know, share something if I may. In 2004, I kept seeing houses in my meditations. And I thought, why am I seeing these houses? So I called two of my friends. You know, this is, this is a typical, I, I think this is a violet, what, what I'm about to describe. I called two of my friends. At that time, you know, real estate was fabulous. And they were both selling 10 to $12 million a year. And I said, hey, you know, what do you think about me going into real estate? And the one said, are you crazy? All these years you've devoted to this magazine taking all these classes, teaching all these classes. But if you do do it, and she's a Taurus, she said, if you do do it, okay, then you'll have to work for the company I work for, and, and um, you can cover for me when I'm out of town. But I think you're crazy. The other one said, of course you can do it, and of course you can still do the magazine. Why not? You would be good at both of these. I can totally see it. So then a phone call comes from an advertiser, who was doing a feng shui certification. And I said, well, what? I thought this was already happening. And she says, no, it didn't enroll, didn't have enough students. And I said, do I have, and she was from Britain. And I said, do I have permission to process you on this to see what it is that's holding this class back? And, she, and I could hear her very guarded. What? How? And I said, it won't hurt. It'll be able to give you information. So in the course of processing her, I realized the houses I'm seeing are not real estate, but feng shui. So I became a feng shui you know, uh, practitioner, and I've been training them, you know, you know, teaching and studying. But now the real estate thing has shown up again. And I, it's just, it's come back full circle. And what I'm thinking, and I, you know, and I might be crazy, but this is the part where you're talking about you, you get the clear image, then you doubt yourself. So the clear image was mm-hmm. get your license. Somehow that's going to tie in with your feng shui. Somehow that's going to tie in with your work, with helping people, figuring out when the houses are sick, how to clear the energy, how to, you know, I don't, I have no idea, but I'm actually, very few people know this, I'm going to real estate school next week. But I know it's like using my intuition somehow. Well, Cindy, that's funny because the things that greens, blues get into teaching, counseling, nursing, greens get into business, real estate, sales, um, jewelry, I mean, the, anything that makes money like that. But greens are natural um, real estate agents. And then if you combine that with your intuition, with your blue, and the vision of your violet, that's a perfect thing for you to be doing. Plus, your, your blues and violets are both very psychic. So when you start working with somebody, you're going to get a sense of who they are, what the, what's going to make them happy, what they're really looking for, what energy resonates with them. Absolutely, it, it matches all three of your colors. So, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this on the air, but, yep, that's what I'm doing for the next seven out of the ten days. I'm in a class all day and doing Spirit Seeker, too. So it's like, you know, but that's just how, how you know, I think when you get that clarity, you just know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and violets tend to do a lot of projects, you know, and they like projects. They like projects. Otherwise, you guys get bored. If you just yeah. do one thing your whole life, you get bored, you outgrow it. Yeah, I'm going to recommend you go to my website, um, lifecolorcity.com, and go watch the videos on your three colors or go read about it or take the quiz or whatever and find out more about it. And look at the careers. You'll see you absolutely are picking your aura color careers. Yeah, yeah, listeners, this is a fabulous website. Um, I'm going to repeat it. It's Life Colors, plural, C-O-L-O-R-S, city.com. And on this, there are just wonderful things, knowledge about the different colors, a little quiz that you can take, um, you know, all the different things that Pam is doing. She has three different books. Um, she has a radio show. She's on radio shows. You know, you're just really, you're, you're all really busy. But there's a lot of information here. There's a children's test. Let's talk about children. I mean, what? how can parents um, raising children in this day and age help with understanding the colors of their own children? 
I love that you asked that. So, And thank you for mentioning to people they can go to the website and take a quiz and find out their own aura colors and all their friends. And then, yeah, when you have children. Now, remember, I said I used to work with kids in the school systems, right? And it's amazing because once a parent or a teacher discovers the different aura colors of the child, kids don't learn the same. They're not the same. They're completely different personality types. And I'm sure parents, if they've got more than one child, they know that their children are radically different. You know, you might have one child who's really um, quiet and, and introverted and, you know, just likes to be quiet, you know, just be still and kind of be in the, in the background. You probably have a crystal or a lavender or a tan, and instead of thinking there's something wrong with them, you can learn about what helps them really thrive in this lifetime. Or <clears throat> if you have the you know, a, a very physical red. Reds are very physical, like Madonna's a red and Lady Gaga's a red. It's all about their physical bodies and power, and you know, they're, they're really a handful, and they're very strong-willed. So once a parent or a teacher can learn about the different aura colors of the kids, they know how to work with them. They know how to bring the best out of them. They know how to help them thrive because anyone who's had kids knows that, you know, if you try to raise them all the same, it just doesn't work. You know, maybe the same guidelines, but, you know, they all learn differently. They've got different personalities. They respond differently to different treatments, you know, different ways of treating them, talking to them. Like a yellow, yellows, yellows get accused of being ADD because they can't sit still. They're always fidgety. So what yellows need is to go out and exercise. But instead, what they do is they put them on drugs and medication, which is the worst thing you do to a yellow because yellows are addictive personalities, and they're very sensitive. So then they start feeling like there's something wrong with them. So in my information I show, this is what you do to with a yellow. You know, you keep them away from the addictions. You get them to exercise. You let them know how much you like them because yellows want to make people happy and they want everyone to like them. And then you keep a sense of humor. Yellows love to make people laugh. They want people to be happy around them. So that's what you do. You don't tell them, you know, Bobby, sit still. You know, okay, we've got to put you on ADD medication, you know. <laughs> it's like, well, you just screwed up that child. <laughs> well, and you look at the yellow, the sunshine that goes with, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yellows, the solar plexus, personal power. And, you know, when you squash that, you know, and, and so many kids are medicated today because, you know, we do have a better understanding, I think, of the mind, but in a way we don't. I think that, you right. know, as we're evolving, you know, and you look at the Hathers and you look at the Egyptians, you know, I mean, as their consciousness grew, they grew to be 10 and 12 feet tall. You know, most people don't know that. Right. The pyramids had to get taller as their consciousness expanded. So, you know, here we are taking these bright beings and squashing them. Right, right. Wow, I didn't know that they were 10 feet tall. That's cool information yeah. for me to have. <laughs> yeah, well, they no, were so telepathic, um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, each absolutely. I mean, I see 14 different oracles, and they all have different personalities. So, um, And yellows, you know what, to me, I love that you bring this up because we've been using the language of the oracles for a long time. We talk about somebody being red with rage or red with passion. We talk about, it describes a red oracle personality. We've got, I'm feeling true, somebody's true blue or I'm feeling blue today, that's a blues personality. We have green money and green with envy. When greens are out of power, boy, they get really envious of other people that are successful. We have happy face yellows and the yellow sun, but we also have you chicken yellow livered. <laughs> Those describe yellows. And then we've got the royal violet robes, the royalty of a violet. That describes a violet. So somehow people have been seeing auras because we use it in our language. Uh-huh. You know, what's interesting is um, I was reading something about uh, the biomass, which, you know, I've been using one myself personally since 2006, and it's this high, um, high infrared heating. So it's infrared waves with amethyst crystals. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I was reading about this. I mean, we're talking about, I forget how many, like thousands and thousands of years ago, when someone over-imbibed or was out of balance with something, they would put them on a bed of crystals, amethyst crystals, and it would detox their body. Now, what is, I mean, you know, it's like fascinating. This stuff has been known. It's just, you know, we act like, it's just like acupuncture. We act like acupuncture is something new. Oh, that new thing. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, you know, we're rediscovering it. And um, Oh, yeah, energy. It's energy. They're doing energy medicine and energy with crystals and energy. Yeah, it's well, it is all energy. And the fun thing is that quantum physics is coming out with the same stuff. It's all energy. I mean, E equals MC squared basically says that energy and matter are interchangeable. 
the you know E is energy, M is mass, matter, and then the C squared basically it, it's how much energy is in some matter. Well, you know, let's talk about the overlays too, because I when I was reading mm-hmm. um, the the red overlay, I thought how interesting. So, so it's not the color red; it's an overlay with something that's compressing the energy field. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, well, what happened? Okay, so there is a red life color. That's different. So those are, you know, like I said, uh, Madonna and Lady Gaga and Marilyn Monroe and Russell Crowe, Sean Penn, they're all red life colors. But then there's the temporary emotional red that flares up if you just get angry and then that goes away again. There are red overlays. And those basically, people are not born with red overlays unless they're traumatized in the womb. A red overlay is something that somebody puts on usually in childhood, for protection because it's a denser, slower, stronger vibration. So if somebody feels physically, mentally, or emotionally abandoned, rejected, or abused, or they had a life-threatening situation where they almost died, it's basically a a person that goes, "Uh uh-oh, it's not safe here, this planet's not safe, or these adults are not safe. They put red around for protection, which is a wise thing to do, but then it needs to come off because if it doesn't come off, eventually it either turns into a lot of anger or it turns into self-sabotage. Now, John Lennon had a red overlay. You see his childhood. He got abandoned. He was very angry. got into a lot of trouble, and you see what happens to people with red overlays. Steve Jobs had a red overlay. Same thing. So red overlays, we want those to come off because ultimately they either attract trouble. The person never feels happy. They always feel like something's wrong, or it can actually end up being life-threatening like John Lennon or, or um, Steve Jobs. Um, so you want to get those off. And I do, I, I, you know, I've got stuff all over the website. I've got it in my books, How to Let Go of a Red Overlay. But basically it's either therapy or it's rewriting your past in your own imagination so that your, your inner child, as it were, feels safe here. Or some of you violets can even just start visualizing the red melting off. But the person has to feel safe on the planet and feels like they can trust people here or trust life um or otherwise the red won't go away you know um that's i like the way you explain that because you know there's this book um it's an old old book it's been around for a while love is letting go of fear fear by gerald jampolsky and he did Mm -hmm. you know worked with the children with cancer with attitude attitudinal healing and you know did a lot of work with that and one of the things that i've never forgotten in that book is it says there's never been a movie ever made that there wasn't an editing and a reshooting of a scene that you you know splice that in and make the movie exactly as you wanted and he said if you can look at your life that way you can't change what's happened but you can certainly reframe it look at it differently you know re-splice it so that there's a different take on so that that red overlay can be removed basically right right and it that's so great and um it's funny cindy because a lot of violets um we're in a violet age like right now that's what i said and a lot of violets are being squeezed right now and the and people with red overlays that are violet, they're having even a really double um, harder time because a lot of you violets, and I'm not saying you, Cindy, a lot of violets out there, more than most, well, because of what I'm going to say next, uh, more than any of the other aura colors, I've seen violets choose to be born into dysfunctional situations so that they can see how people get lost down here, so they can see the pain, so they can experience it firsthand because you violets are the ones that are here to help lead the masses out of it, to transform things. And so a lot of violets put themselves through it so that when they come out, they're out of it, they're effective leaders and teachers and healers, and then people trust them because they go, oh, yeah, you've been like me. You understand what I've gone through, so I can trust you. And you found your way out of it, so how did you do that? Because I tell violets, you know, if you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth and ponies and everything was fun and everybody loved you, and then you came out into the world and said, here, let me show you how you need to do it, a lot of people would go, you don't know. You haven't suffered. You don't know what I've gone through. So interesting how many violets have put themselves through challenging situations. Well, it's just so funny. You know, when I first started doing the breath work and when they said that souls choose their parents when you're, you know, on Uh the other side and you're choosing the time, space, you know, area of the world in which you were choosing and electing to reincarnate, you, whatever your soul level lessons are, you know, that all plays into it. And I was like, oh, there's no way. I would never have chosen the family that, you know, it's way too complicated, blah, blah, blah. But as I understood it, 
<laughs> it's exactly what you said, you know, like the wounded healers. You know, oftentimes yes. the most gifted healers are the ones who had the most compromised or, or challenging, you know, initial start, but it's, there you are. You have compassion and wisdom that, you know, wouldn't have been gained in any other way. Well, maybe, but you know what I mean. It's set it up for whatever your life work is. Well, violets tend to be more of the adventurous souls, you know, not blues. Blues are like, no, I just want to be in love and have a home and, and love people and help. And, and violets go, no, 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 I'm here to do something bigger, so I need to take the bigger risks and the bigger projects and the bigger, you know, violets don't want to get bored because <laughs> they get bored easily. So they take on the bigger challenges because the payoff is bigger. They're not bored. They're helping more people. And you violets are more like hawks and eagles. You guys have to be stronger to be able to reach the masses. Um, Nelson Mandela, by the way, who just left yesterday on my birthday, thank you very much, he just shifted over to the other side. Um, he had a, he's got a lot of violet in his aura. He's a violet yellow. So and the, John and Robert Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, Gorbachev, Nelson Mandela, Maya Angela, Oprah Winfrey, they're all violet yellows. Um, Bono, Spielberg, and George Lucas. Uh, George Clooney is a violet yellow. Do you see how he's over at Darfur, like trying to make a difference on the planet? Oh, yeah. So even if violets start out, like I said, in the media, the performing, they have to do these bigger projects that make a have difference a on the planet. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and so happy birthday, by the, the way. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Uh, my birthday was on the 5th, not, not yesterday. It was on the 5th. Okay, but you're, you're, you're the Sagittarius, and we just had that new yeah. moon in Sagittarius, and, you know, I just love Sagittarius. I, I have a son who's December 14th, and, you know, they just always are shooting for a higher vision and wanting to make the world a better place. Like, how can I get, you know, make it better? You know, yeah. I know that's and, more and humanitarian, way, but, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I've got, you know, I love that you brought that up, though. You know what? People ask me if astrology and the aura colors have any connection Absolutely they do. The way I see it, and I've been doing this for 30 years now. Of course, I'm only 16 or 27, one of those. I forget what age I am. <laughs> You're anyway, ageless. Been, yeah, I've been doing this for 30 years. And what I've discovered, what I found out, by ta- I, I talk to souls for, you know, people come to me for readings. I also talk to people who have crossed over, people that are in between lives. And it's amazing the information you can gather. And what I've discovered is that when you came here, you chose to come here onto the planet. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> People go, no, I don't want to be here. What are you saying? Anyway, you, when you came here, you had a plan. You had a theme that you wanted to do. You wanted to experience. You wanted to have. You wanted to help people, or you wanted to, you know, travel the world, or you wanted to work in a bank, or you wanted to, you know, invent something, whatever it was. But you had a plan. When you came, you left a lot of breadcrumbs behind, a lot of clues, just in case. You came to this plane of consciousness and forgot because it's really easy to do that. And we intentionally forget so we can enjoy the movie. But we left clues behind in astrology, our aura colors, numerology, palms, iridology, and, and, you know, our birthday, our birth names. We left lots of clues behind in case we got here and went, what? And they went, oh, yeah, that's right. And then we can study one of those and go, oh, that's right. That is why I'm here. And then you're back on track again. Well, it's funny so because, they all you know, fit. yeah, I mean, zodiac wise, I am a cancer, the crab, you know, you know, but then my, my moon, which is your emotional body is Scorpio, able to do complete transformation on a dime. If there's a better way, you know, whereas the cancer likes everything to stay the same, but cancer also feels everything, you know, and, and I, I can remember as a little girl knowing, knowing I was going to be a nurse and my, the mother of my best friend would say, why are you setting your sights so low? Why don't you want to be a doctor? And I'm like, no, no. I want hands on. I want to be right there, you know, with the people, you know, I would, you know, and so I knew that that was part of it. But then once I got into it, I'm like, oh, this is not what healing's about. Sticking, poking, prodding. And what I love the most was educating the person on, you know, what, what is going on with your life? You know, they're, you know, what is out of whack? And I love bringing in your article in this issue of Spirit Seeker. I love how you did the different colors, you know, looking at the holidays and bringing that in. And if you are a particular color and you're starting what does it look like when you're stressed and how can you shift that so let's let's talk about that because you know I think so many people don't even recognize anymore when they're stressed they're just so used to this high level of stress and then the holidays kick it into overgear so let's just talk just a little bit about that 
Okay. Yeah, I like that. Each one of the different aura colors um, experiences or demonstrates stress differently, and there's different cures or different ways of getting back in balance for each one of the colors. So, for example, yellows. We mentioned that before. Yellows, when they're out of power, you know, when they're unhappy, they either um, go into addictions, they start overeating or overdrinking or smoking or doing drugs or whatever. They get into addictions or they, they get their feelings hurt or they go into overwhelm or they procrastinate. So when yellows are stressed, they just want people to be happy and to like them. So, you know, if they get really sensitive, they can get their feelings hurt easily. So the ways for yellows to stay in balance, which is the same as saying to cope with stress or to keep yourself centered, what we said before, number one is exercise. Number two is stay away from the negative addictions. And when I tell a yellow to exercise, boy, yellows are the best when they're out in nature. Yellows, if they can go for walks or swim or hike or, yes, I realize it's winter time, whatever, but yellows, even if it's cold out, go for a walk. That really helps a yellow to get exercise. Nature, even pet the dog. Yellows usually love dogs, you know, hang out with the dog. Stay away from the negative addictions, and usually if you're doing the positive addictions, which is exercise, sports, working out, whatever, then you'll have a tendency not to do as much of the negative addictions. And then the third way for yellows to stay balanced is what I said before, keep a sense of humor. Keep a sense of humor. Now, um, let me go to violets real quick because I know you have violets listening, so we'll just give them the tool. So when you violets are stressed, violets go into overwhelm. You guys are the perennial multitaskers. Now, not green, Cindy, because greens want everything organized and efficient. But violets are like this project, this project, this project. They're all over the place, and they go into overwhelm. Um, and then they can either get really um, overwhelmed, exhausted, and frustrated, or uh, you know, like all over the place. Or violets also out of power can get very um, frustrated with people and impatient and dictatorial and bossy and judgmental when they're out of power because violets are royalty. And they don't understand why people can't see what they see because they think it's common sense. So violets can get a little irritated, too, at the holidays. So what violets need to do to stay in harmony and focus Number one for Violet is meditation. They have to have alone time. I don't mean you have to sit in a corner and ohm, because if you've also got yellow in your or yellows have a hard time sitting still. That's why I said yellows, they, they do best if they're moving, walking, yeah. meditating, you know, outside. They're um, kinesthetic, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so Violets need meditate. They need quiet time. They need alone time so they can get their inner vision connected with their heart and soul and something higher than themselves. That's number one for Violets. Number two, what helps the violet is like listening to inspiring speakers or music that either calms them down because violets are very affected by music. Um, music that calms them down or inspires them or makes them feel empowered. Um, but definitely not negative lyrics or blah, 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 that'll blow a violet out. So violets have to be careful of that. Um, another thing that helps a violet is travel. Because violets can get really caught up in all the stuff that's going on. And once they travel, it opens up their world and they see a bigger vision. It's like, oh, yes, there's more to the world out here. And that seems to calm them down and center them. Um, And being around other people that are doing what they want to do. Violets, it's helpful for them to be around people that are in alignment with it. Because violets get affected by the people that they're around or by the environment. And if they're around people that are arguing or small-minded or whatever, it just it, it bugs a violet. So those are some of the tools for a violet. Um, let's talk about tans. We we got four different tans, and we haven't touched on the tans. Okay. Tans are – do we have time? Yes, absolutely. Oh, tans are very practical and analytical and logical. They typically are very calm. They're very down-to-earth. They, they prefer to focus on the details. Um, and they prefer safe, secure, practical jobs. And we need those people. All of the aura colors are valuable, all of them. So TANS will usually keep people calm in a crisis. But TANS process logically step one, step two, step three. So they're the ones that will do computer programming or accounting or bookkeeping or, you know, something, engineering, architect, something that deals with the details. So when TANS are out of power, they freak out over security, like if all of a sudden it looks like they're going to lose their job. or you know, I mean, they get the worst when they feel like they don't have security. Um, and if people are too hectic or racing around or rushing them, or you can't, you can't rush a tan to speed up because tans want to tell you every detail of the story. 
so they'll tell you what, uh, you know, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and violence and greens are usually going, okay, well, you get to the punchline, so Tans have to fill in all the steps. You know, Tans go one, two, three, and greens go, okay, one, two, ten, let's go, come on, come on, come on, and greens want to finish their sentences for them, and violets are already at 150. They see the big picture, it's like, okay, what's the big picture? And blues just want to know how somebody feels. Okay, I see what happened at work, but how did that make you feel? How do you feel right now? Are you okay? So, but tans do the logic. So when tans get out of power, they can get stuck. They don't want to move. They don't like change. They want the same job. They don't want you to move the furniture around. And so they can get fearful, but they can also get very stubborn, and you can't move them. It's like, no, it's step one and then step two, and they like to do one to ten, one to ten, one to ten pretty much their whole life. Can you imagine if you have tan and violet in your oil, what kind of conflict that would cause? Well, so I can't when, guess. So what, <laughs> what tans need to do when they're stressed out, because a lot of tans will either explode or they'll shut down completely and they won't talk. So what tans need to do is, number one, look at the logic of everything so that they can feel secure again. Get the data. How much money do you need to have to pay your bills? Well, you know, look in the paper for a new job. You know, they need to do the logical steps. Violets are like, well, I just trust something's going to show up because it always has, and I know if I just envision it, and I'll just, and violets tend to think big, that blows a tan out. So tans need to just get the logic, and you need to be patient with tans. You've got to give them time. You can't just go, well, because the violet will go, well, go look for another job. Go do this, blah, blah, blah. Well, tans are like, wait, 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 you're you're overwhelming me. Come back. How do I do that? What steps do I take? So you always want to help a tan take the steps. So you tans, if you're in stress, figure out the logic of what's going on, figure out your security, um, be alone if you have to so that all the chaos is not upsetting you, and then start laying out the practical steps, and then usually a tan can get back into, into balance again. So that's just a few of them. And remember, there's 14 different colors. Um, I know. It's amazing. You know, do we have time to talk about um, indigos and crystal? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, because you probably have some of those. Now, here's the cool thing, Cindy. A lot of people are adding indigo into their auras now. So a lot of, especially violets, when they take my quiz, they think they're indigos. Because people are adding it in their outer bands right now. Um, so I never take that away from people. But indigos, the real indigos, we're getting a lot of indigo children showing up on the planet right now because we're getting ready to go age. Michael Jackson was an indigo. Um, they tend to be very androgynous, very spiritual, but a lot of indigos right now are having a rough time because people are accusing a lot of indigos of being um, autistic because indigos are the ones violets are here to to save the planet to change the consciousness to educate the masses to get people to see the bigger picture to improve the quality of life here indigos are the ones that are supposed to show us how we live that it's like they they tend to bond soul to soul with people so it's hard to tell if an indigo is male or female gay or straight because it's not about their sexuality it's about connecting soul to soul they know that this planet is not operating the way it should, and it bothers them. They're very psychic. Most indigos remember their other lives. Um, parents are having a hard time with indigos right now because you cannot control an indigo with guilt or punishment or reward. They live by really high principles, so you can't control them. And a lot of them are out of power. They're losing it. I mean, they... They won't talk if they don't want to. You can't control them. Do you understand? That's why so many of them are being institutionalized or put on medication because parents don't know what to do with them. You but know, this what, is just so interesting. If I, you know, okay, I have, yeah. I have raised kids, four-step kids that are in their 30s and 40s, then mine are 27, 25, and 16 next weekend. So, and he, he's a year ahead just because he was reading whole books at age three, and I was older when I had him, so I was like, you know what? They thought he was like a year older, so I put him into – everyone else is like holding their kid back to give him the edge. I'm like pushing him out of the nest. So he's 16 when all of his other friends are 17. And I took three of them to the theater last night, and you know, and then we were in traffic for an hour and 15 minutes driving home from a snowstorm. And these kids are drawn to the music of the 70s, the 60s. Mm-hmm. They, they were talking last night about, you know, the heroine, you know, like, like so many of the musicians that were so creative were also drawn to the drugs. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then there was this, this singer on, 
And I thought, who is this singer? And then they were all, they, they know music. This generation knows music. It's almost like we're back in the 60s again with a music yeah, explosion. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and one of them said, oh, well, actually, it was my son. He goes, oh, he's just like Michael Jackson with his voice. He can do, you know, and, and you know, they, and there are no rules for these kids. And there's one kid in the yep. group, and I know the parents will not be listening to this, so, so it's okay, and I'm not saying a name. But they, they have institutionalized their kid three times because they don't know how to deal with him. And yeah. these kids are different. They're, and this particular group, supposedly when they were in middle school, they actually were proud of this. They had the distinction. They're, that particular whole group that are now juniors in high school were the most unruly, uncontrollable kids, but they grew up being able to text. They grew up not with instant messaging on a computer that maybe they shared with a family. They grew up with technology in their hand. They Twitter. They all know everyone's business. They love each other. It's different. Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. really different. That's an, that is an indigo quality. Indigos, by the way, are usually very adept at technology. They pick it up oh. like it's their second skin, right? Right. So oh, yeah. It's, yeah, and they're very psychic. And, and, again, you can't control them. Here's the deal with indigos. They will not do anything that goes against their principles. And if they do, they just get very upset with, and, uh, with humanity. And the key to talking to an indigo and the way that indigos stay in balance, first of all, indigos have to remember that people here are struggling and just to be compassionate and know that their souls here and to love them. But the way you have to talk to an indigo with the truth, they right. look for people that can be real with them. You have to be real with an indigo because if they, if they feel that you're hiding something or suppressing it or treating them like a child, they're done with you. They won't listen to you. They won't respect you. You have to be very real with an indigo. Right. You know, and most of these I mean, kids are almost, you know, into their senior year, and the parents are starting to back off a little bit, the ones that were, you know, more heavy-handed. And what it is is it's like, it's like you, I don't know, I've raised so many kids, and the, this one's different. And this last one I'm raising solo, and I told them this morning, because, you know, it was a snow day. They all had it planned. Whose house they were going to? The mom said okay. They had their movies lined up. They had every. It was. It's like there were eight of them all going to this yeah. one house, and then the little brother and his friends. I mean, they're just like very social, very right. very social. And I don't know. I just I just looked at it, and but what, there was a point to this. And then, oh, I know. I said to my son, I said, you do realize that you have a very different um, situation, you know, with the way you're being raised with just the two of us. I said, and he goes, I know. I'm very aware. <laughs> he said, and he said, why do you think my friends don't like to come here? Because our house is peaceful, we get along, and it's a happy house, and they know it. And it's, yeah. it's like... And Indigo, see, and, and you know what? We started, the, the 60s was the beginning of the Violet Age. Okay, the hippies, the Beatles, the peace movement, that's all Violet. Get out of Vietnam, you know, change the world, that's all Violet. Now we're moving into the, and, and people didn't like violets back then. Well, we did, but, you know, the powers that be didn't like violets because oh, yeah. violets tell the truth. They're kind of troublemakers. Right. But they're here to change the world. Now, it's, now we're moving into an indigo age, so that consciousness is taking over now. That consciousness is becoming prevalent. Um, um, so anyway, yeah, we're definitely seeing a shift. And, and at the beginning of the violet age, the violets had a hard time. I mean, they were killing violets. Like I said, John and Robert Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, they were killing right. violets. We're not killing violets anymore. Now who's having a hard time they don't understand are the indigos. Because the indigos are bringing a different way of thinking here, a different consciousness. And it is all, well, let's put it this way. Indigos are the most psychic of all the aura colors. And like I said, most of them, even at two and three and four years old, remember their other lives. And so they're psychic. And so that's why the web's happening. I mean, the violets develop the web. But the indigos right. are using it to be telepathic, to communicate with people all over the world. You know, I mean, even, you know, it, it's just, you know, it used to be Facebook with these kids. That's too slow mm -hmm. for them. Now they have their Twitter lists and their followers. Oh, wait. And it's like. Oh, wait. wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to, I'm telling you, I, I got a fourth book coming out really soon called Infinite You. And I'm okay. talking about how the technology is going to be so slow for the consciousness that people are, at, we're moving into telepathy. We are going to, we are developing telepathic consciousness because the technology is going to be too slow. I can believe that. 
I mean, that's, you know, that's really, when you look at the advanced civilizations, I mean, they somehow had reached, I mean, how did they build those pyramids? How did they do everything with essential oils and they knew the herbs? I mean, you know, you look back and they knew how to, you know, especially with the Hathers, they were like able to beam sex. They didn't have to actually have sex. They were so evolved. <laughs> they could do it all mm-hmm. telepathically. It's like, like, but where we are, you know, and and then the Crystal Kids, total clear channels. Yes, exactly right. Crystal or color people. Now, those to me are rare. I don't see that many crystals, although a lot of people think they're crystals because a lot of sensitive yellows are. But here's the disclaimer. Yellows, I mean, I'm sorry, crystals have a clear aura, but they're the auric chameleons. What they're supposed to be doing is keeping their aura clear so they can heal people. They channel healing energy to people. They need quiet. They can't be around a lot of chaos, a lot of people. It blows them out. But what a lot of crystals do is they tend to take on the aura colors of the people that they're around. So I may have seen some crystals and not known it because they could have been hanging out with the blue and their aura con- turns completely blue, like like a chameleon. Mm-hmm. So And that can that can be okay, but it can also blow them out especially if they're around a blue one minute and they're around a red the next minute. It's like it can confuse them, and then they can't figure out what they're doing here on the planet. Well, I just love how you've explained these indigos because, you know, originally I, I when I was um – I think it was with Nancy Tappy, but who knows? I've studied with so many different people, and, you know, I read voraciously, you know, with the magazine and with the radio show. But um, somewhere it was like in the, uh, okay, my son's 27, and I was told he was New Age Violet, and then my daughter was Indigo, and that when we got into Indigo, there were six different kinds of Indigos. I don't even know if that's really the case, but I do know that the Indigos, that was the first first time when we heard, well, who made these rules? So, I mean, it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was really, it, it was different than the 70s with the anti-establishment, make love, not war. This is, well, what kind of logic is in that? I mean, who, who you know, who made, they question things yeah. in a different way. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. I mean? well, like we did, yeah, like we did in the 60s. Well, right. you know what, and I love that. I love what you just said. And I want people to know that when I talk about the aura colors, this is never to box somebody in or trap them or, you know, tell them they have to be a certain way. That's not what this is. This is showing it reveals who they are. They, they're not limited by their aura colors. They're radiating out. We broadcast who we are all the time, and it shows up in the frequency of their energy field. So people still have free will. I have people ask me, well, can I change my aura colors? First of all, I believe anything's possible. So I would always say yes to that. However, I have very rarely seen anybody change their life colors because it's what you came here to do. It's what you came here to experience. I've seen a few people change their life colors once they've accomplished that. Once they feel like, okay, I did what I came here to do and I'm still alive. Okay, what do I want to do next? Then they start shifting. Wow. Okay, so listeners, you've been listening to a fascinating interview by Pam Osley, and you can... um, Order her books directly through her website. There's all kinds of information. There's a link to her Facebook page. Everything, just go to www.lifecolorscity.com. And this is the Spirit Seeker radio show brought to you by Spirit Seeker magazine. And if you would like to know about um, interviews such as you're hearing today or when the magazine is online and you can tell your friends and family about this, um, just send us an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com. It's a sacrosanct list. We do not sell our emails to people. Everyone wants our list, but, you know, we will allow people that are doing like-minded uh, events to advertise on our list, but we we don't bombard you with that either. You, you get a weekly email letting you know about different events throughout the U.S., letting you know what's happening with the show and the articles in the magazine, and really that's it. And so um, please, please send us an email asking to be added to our email list. There are over 350 archived radio shows from fascinating people um and today's show will be there at the minute it's over and so um the link will be on facebook you can you know send people the link they can listen to this many people are using the spirit seeker radio shows as their spiritual nourishment they're basically a podcast you can download them you can listen to them at any time of the day you know at your convenience so it's it's just wonderful and pam we need to stay in touch i love what you're doing i love how you explained it you are crisp clear and an amazing channel and you're doing really good work and helping people understand. I mean, and I learned a lot, you know, through this, and I've studied this, so I just really want to thank you so much for being my guest today, and, you know, just thank you for the work you're doing. 
Well, thank you, Cindy. I really appreciate you having me on your show and asking some great questions. I love it. So thank you. (laughs) And thank you for everything you're doing, too. Oh, gosh. Okay, and listeners, remember on page four in the December issue is the wonderful quiz. The holiday seasons are in full tilt. It'll help you understand how to shift your aura. Okay, well, thank you so much. Have a beautiful week, and we'll be back next week. Okay, good night.